Welcome to the Poetry Drip. I am Paula Corteanu, and this is your new episode of Poems to Ignite Your Soul. Good evening. We have a beautiful lady on the show this evening, Vera Laine from Finland. Vera is a primary school teacher. She teaches in English and is also a mother of three three teenagers or two teenagers and a young one. I have met uh, Vera at the poetry club I host and I still remember her first poetry read. It's maybe more than six months ago and it was a poem she had written a while back, maybe what, 11 years ago, somewhere on a Tumblr page. But it stuck with me because her poetry is the same as herself full of emotion and rhythmic, like a song. Vera, welcome to the Poetry Drip. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Vera, I want you to tell us about your love of poetry. I, um, I remember vividly your read and uh, also because you read to us in Finnish and I think it was the first time I've ever heard it and the alliteration and the sounds was beautiful and now regularly we ask you at the club to say it in Finnish as well and record yourself even though we don't understand one iota what you're saying somehow speaking it in your mother tongue sends us or give us that energy of origins which is beautiful yeah tell us how you started writing um in high school I studied a lot of poetry so our teacher made us read Sylvia Plath and some Finnish poets. And at first it was something completely unknown for me. And especially Plath, she has very dark poems at times. But the way she wrote is um, she wrote stories inside her poems. And it was from everyday things that she created those. So that sort of stuck with me. And um, whenever I feel like it, I start to write poems. And I remember when I first started to write poems 20 years ago, when I was about 15, 16, somewhere there, um, I wanted to say something. I had a feeling or an idea and I wanted to put it on paper. And when I first started doing it, I was surprised by the results because I, I, I was surprised that I was, I was able to produce something beautiful. And now writing poems is almost like um, singing or painting or dancing or swimming. Um, if I have the feeling to do it, I get an idea, a word, it usually starts with a word. And then I start writing. It's almost like I'm, I'm the brush that the painter uses to paint. It's um and it's um is an exhilarating feeling to create something beautiful. And it's even more exhilarating when you're able to share it with someone else. So it's a, it's 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 Absolutely. really lovely. Absolutely. And yeah, I can I can confess that we feel that exhilaration from you when you read to us. Uh, you are what I, what I say a natural in the sense that you really do use poetry as a way of expression and, and that's it. 
Uh, super, Sylvia Plath, and that's a heavy reading for a 15-year-old, I would say. But yeah, this is where it took you. <laughs> that's amazing. Vera, you know, I, I always said to you, and um, I want to repeat it for the listeners, that I admire you for the way you're able to feel everything, I, I think, at a different level. I find that your senses are way sharper than average. And this definitely helps in writing poetry. I mean, you know, that's the job of a poet to express the unexpressed. How does this help you in daily life? I'm curious. Does it help you to follow everything almost at, at, at the next level? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are the positives and then there are the negatives. <laughs> so uh, when I enjoy things, I enjoy them immensely. So, for example, when I listen to a good piece of music, it really feels so good. And when I and now, well, my favorite moments are during the week are our really our poetry readings. Yeah. Um, when I hear someone read their poem. And it takes you to this completely different universe. It's, it's, it's like you are able to see things from a different perspective. It's like um, you get to taste a new flavor of ice cream and it's delicious. <laughs> so it's definitely, there, there are the pluses, yes. But, um, but then there's the other side too. So feeling everything um, in a strong way, you have to sort of, um, and that's that's what I'm learning right now. So you have to, um, how would I say, filter it. So mm. as a teacher, for example, it's a very good thing that I'm able to sense. Okay, this person is probably based on their tone of voice and based on their how they're sitting and all that. They're probably feeling that they might need some help. And usually, I'm right. So it is a very very handy tool. But it could get overwhelming if if I don't filter it a bit. So to be able, it's I think it's a question of knowing yourself and then knowing the markers. Okay, now I need to just breathe in a little bit and just relax. So that's uh, there are the positives and the negatives to everything. So yeah, but definitely, oh. I I see it as a gift right now. Ah. <laughs> uh that that's beautiful i definitely imagine there are negative sides to that and um i just wanted to hear how you're handling so you're saying what i'm hearing is you're noticing that it's happening and taking your time with it and using using your own awareness to slow down in a sense maybe yeah to, to yeah and we could um, compare it to, to some person who has a very good hearing. Mm -hmm. They're able to hear tunes very precisely. Yeah. And if the volume gets too loud, you need to protect your ears. So in a similar sense, um, if the input gets too strong, you have to um, limit the Turn input. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. That's a great way to put it. So it's not that it's not there. It's not that, you know, if you don't experience maybe the negative side of it, it's just that you see it, then there's a little knob there, which you learn how to turn. That's great, though. I mean, if you can teach us that as well. I don't know if we need a special episode just for that <laughs> or a series. How do I turn the knob down on that emotion? <laughs> 
that yeah, that's way. that's tricky. That's tricky, but there are ways. <laughs> there are ways. Well, yeah. well, yeah, I love it. I think sometimes I say we learn that the children are our best teachers, and um, although I don't think I'll ever be able to uh, teach a class of young children because I don't have the patience, so I admire again for that. I I love children so much. They're our best teachers. I always say that about my own son as well so maybe you got it from there I don't know you have to take some notes I don't know it just came to me <laughs> right now in this instant on the podcast you take, take some notes and teach us how you how you do that actually this is um um the first poem that I would like to read is is sort of is how you do it um it's sort of an instruction manual how you do yeah. it Excellent. and it's um how would I say? I was thinking about this, this topic. Mm. And, um, and then I created this poem. So I was having a, a walk in the forest and mm. having this conversation with my husband. And then there was a quiet pause and the words just kept rolling in my head and I had to take my phone out and start writing. So that, So should I read it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love you to read it. Go, go, let's go right into it. Okay, so the poem is called The Work. The work unseen, the work seen, happens in me, within my space. Welcome, I hold it for us. Here you can find the chair, the table, the fruit, and the basket. But leave before the dark. And walk safe home. Take your hat, your cane. Remember to take your coat. The sun rises and falls, and I work within my space. Oh, beautiful! I I remember reading this before from you, but just hearing this is totally different level. This opened up a discussion about the work and what the work is right and this is obviously your internal internal work what is the cane in this poem I always wondered <laughs> I mean I can I can understand that the desk and the space where you work inside yourself but tell me about the cane is this a slow moving thing uh, someone that needs assistance so well the cane in this poem um it's actually so the idea here is that whenever we meet someone mm. and we interact with someone we are working together in a shared space so I invite you to <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> okay. I invite you inside my space and you invite me inside your space and for a brief moment in the universe there exists this space between us Right. And we work within this space. So we are co-creating, we are sharing ideas, we are sharing thoughts. And um, so I welcome you inside my space. Mm -hmm. um, you can find a place to rest. You can find a table where we can gather around and share a meal. So you can find the fruits, the nourishment, the basket. But everyone needs to leave the space. So leave before the dark. 
So I would like to keep my space safe. And I really wish you walk safe home, but you need to do it on your own. So I cannot walk you there because your home is your home and you need to go there on your own. And, um, but before you leave, you were in my safe space, but I would like you to take everything that belongs to you with you so that I don't steal from you your worries, your, your, your things that belong to you. And in this especially, um, I'm thinking about the previous generations mm -hmm. uh, because um, um, there was a poet, God, I can't remember his name. Uh, my English teacher is going to be, he's going to be angry at me for not remembering his name. <laughs> Do you want me to pause? You quickly get it and then we re-record. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, but the, the poem, the poem was about, um, uh, about how the generations give their sins and misery to the next generation. Oh, they don't mean it. They don't mean the it. Patterns. We, we met, we inherit yeah. them. Yeah. But, in this, I wanted to say that please take those sticks and canes with you. I don't want to keep them because they don't belong in my space. So the cane is something people take support from, but mm -hmm. it's also something they hit you with. Ooh. So yeah. it is, I don't, I don't need the cane. I want to walk with my own feet. And it's the, I'm asking the previous generations to take their sort of troubles with them. So I want to um, work with, within my space and uh, keep the things that belong to me. So it is a representation of ideas I might want to let go. Beautifully said. You see, we started from a cane and we got into generational inherited patterns, which I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, but they absolutely took me to place of something slow heavy moving which is what sometimes our inheritance is yeah yeah awesome thank you for reading that to us uh, Vera you have two more for us yes the next one is a poem um I actually wrote originally for my aunt she was going through a very heavy heavy time and she was very lonely Mm. And I wrote it as a blessing for her. And I am not sure if she even got it. I need to make sure it after this. <laughs> but, um, we'll send her, send her this episode to make sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I created it as a blessing. And I, I believe that if did she read it or not, it, it would work anyway. I would, uh, I, I thought, um, so the idea was to give her the feeling of peace and safety just on her own. And I altered it a little bit now for this, for this reading. And um, like all good poems are altered again and again. But, um, but we can consider it as a blessing. So it is called A Quiet Place. Quiet, angel steps. Quiet, creaks on the planks. I listen to the moonlight, stars in my ears, diamonds in my eyes. Take this longing, take this damn dark, damn dark. 
molded into a new beginning, tiniest of doors from which Alice went, the red feet. And I listen again, the silent flot in my ears, the red feet, the limitless cover of love every night. The stars are my protection. Oh, what a story there. Beautiful, peaceful story. Yeah, so uh, her home house had these uh, um, creaking planks. So I wanted it to feel safe for her, remind her of her childhood. Wow. And what about the Alice door? What, what, what made you associate her house with Alice in Wonderland? Well, life is sometimes in a way like the Alice's Wonderland, that you encounter a door and it's too small and you have to go and become so small to go through it. Mm. And then you have a bit and you can become big again. So it is sort of a shift in perspective. How do you see yourself? And here, the idea that you molded into a new beginning and it's the tiniest of doors, Mm. just like the one from which Alice went and there's an adventure waiting for you just like Alice and that it is possible even though it seemed impossible even for Alice at first it is possible to go through that tiny door and if we think about the doors that we have inside our, our own body we have the tiniest of doors in our own body from which the blood flows and we have the red bead. So it also, the idea is that you go in and you just listen to the beat of your heart. And that is the tiny door you go through. Wow. Well, I hope the listeners as well as your auntie get to the tiny door, first of all. Definitely not the easiest way, but it's definitely worth the adventure. Or so we trust it does. We have to trust, right? Because there's no guarantee. Yeah. And you were ended somehow with the stars, which is I associate with sleeping outside. So not sleeping in your own house, which many people don't really find comfortable. <laughs> true, true, all true. <laughs> but, um, but here I thought that if there's darkness and there's the sky, the night sky, there's always light on the night sky. So they are the lights that are gleaming in the dark sky. The light that's emanating from somewhere there and the sheer beauty of it. So um, that is just a moment when you stand outdoors and it's absolutely quiet and dark and you look up and you see this immense beauty of stars gleaming back at you. And there's a sense of cover and protection from the stars that I get. So the idea of looking at the stars and feeling a connection to everything that is, is this uh, blanket of protection. 
So mm-hmm. even though if you are alone and you're looking at the stars, there's still this comforting beauty there that you're able to stand there and just look at it. It's very, um, it's a very nice thing to be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes me back to summer night and uh, I remember not too long ago, maybe a year or two years ago now, we were still able to freely travel. And I was in Cape Verde and um, obviously uh, you're closer to the equator and everything seems bigger, the sun, the moon and everything. And I remember a night like this, um, the fire where you can actually see the stars brighter than almost anywhere else or at any other point in time. And... I can relate to the feeling of not feeling scared or threatened because it is paradoxical sleeping outside with no cover over your head, um, you know, also sleeping in nature is not something that human beings normally do. And it takes you more to feel of an adventure. But indeed, if you look at the fact that you're able to experience the starlight so freely, free of any any protection around you it's somehow paradoxically throwing throwing in you into safety yeah Yeah, very very beautiful and deep (laughs) well we all need our own little quiet place and i suppose sometimes we just have to take it outside (laughs) yeah nature is the thing to do it nature is the place to go does that take us to the last poem? Yeah, and this is um, this is something that I wrote for the poetry reading uh, group mm. uh, because um, because the group literally feels like it's water, holy water, and I'm very thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> so it is how would I say soul cleansing? It feels. Um, like I'm in heaven when I'm there (laughs) it does since day one I I was so super happy um, since the first meeting and I was um, I was in complete awe of of everything and truly every time seems like people are giving me these gems to to look at and and hold and and to keep them and and experience them and and um, I'm almost tearing up and and this poem um well it just came out of me (laughs) and so it is I know and I just wanted to add that you made us all tear up including myself which I consider myself very tough to tear up kind of person (laughs) but it was really really beautiful as we felt um your gratitude and we felt really the way you said quenching your thirst with poetry which I thought was really, really beautiful. And I posted that on my page and many, many people reacted to it and they absolutely loved it. They could really um, connect with it. So I do feel somehow writing and uh, poetic writing in a sense and spoken word, which uh, is used in poetic prose, it's kind of a lost art. It's getting lost. It's people are writing more books than ever, but we know we're right mm-hmm. about businesses and how to make money and how to be, uh, I don't know, skinnier. I don't know. 
you write about all these things that at the end of the day, I don't know, do they really matter? Do we take them with us? Do we take them anywhere? Do they, I don't know. And yes, indeed, the same as you, I felt that this is kind of lost. And I started the poetry club on a whim, really. I didn't really think much of it. I'll just, well, I'll just read poetry, see if there's other people that might want to read and just see where that takes me. And every time, um, you know, although it's not the most popular club, I would say, in the world, it is the most, uh, the, the deepest, the most sincere. And whether there's three people on there or 10 or 100, Every time, like you said, everything is heartfelt, authentic, 100% themselves. And there is no way you, you would miss out. There's no way you don't want to be there. So that's the reason I'm still, I'm still running that come rain or shine, including later and, on this evening. And it's very, very intimate. So yes. You feel you really feel that you're connected to to the people. Absolutely. Okay, so yes. but I'm going to do this in both languages. So I first wrote this yes. in Finnish. I was going to um, ask you that anyway. Thank you for saying. That. <laughs> I first wrote this in Finnish, yes. and um, <clears throat> and then I translated it into English. Mm. And obviously, the meaning is is it's trying to be the same in English, but. It is what it is, and it's very good in both languages. It's as close as it gets, but we do want to hear the rhythm of your mother tongue. Whenever you're ready, Spirit. The poem is called Vetta Janoiselle. Samasi tippuvat taivaalta kielelleni, vierien eteenpäin, pisarat, virittäin, virkistäen mieleni. Sieluni tanssii tässä sateessa. Nauraa kikattaa kuin lapsi, joka lätäköstä löytää peilikuvansa. Valo taittuu näistä pisaroista, joka sanassa äärettömyys. Uusi maailma maailman sisällä. Prisma. Luulin tämän kauneuden piiloutuneen, mutta se on tässä. Oh, divine, divine. Everybody will just hear prisma from there, that's it. And it will just hear it sound like a chant. And then the chant continues in English. Yes. So the poem is called Water to the Thirsty. Your words fall from the sky on my tongue, rolling forwards, drops, tuning, refreshing my mind. My soul dances in the rain, laughs, giggles like a child. From every puddle finds its reflection. The light refracting from these drops in every word, infinity. A new world within a world. The prism and all its colors. I thought this beauty had hidden, but it is here. Oh. <laughs> amen, amen to that. The beauty is here, is here, it hasn't been lost. And the beauty is in you. We can see you. You're just enchanting us with, with your poetry and with your reading us in, in Finnish. I think that that is, I don't know, somehow it speaks to me. And I know from the reaction of people at a poetry club, every time you do that, everybody gets this 
primordial feeling of something. I don't know what to call it. I'm lost for it. But I want to thank you so much for bringing this to us, Vera, and just for being you and just for having the courage to come here and read to people who don't know you and to express your innermost vulnerable emotions and feelings because that is not easy so I want to commend you for that and in your busy life you're a mother you have three children you have loads of other children and all loads of other things to do but you dedicate somehow your time to this and it just goes to show your devotion to things that matter to you so I hope the listeners can take away some of that for themselves thank you Paula for having me it's a pleasure every time talking with you it's a true (laughs) pleasure thank Thank you. you thank you so much for accepting usually I ask the guests to tell listeners how to reach you I know you have an old tumblr page that you don't update and what did you tell me before the podcast what should they do to get in touch with you you can reach me through the poetry group so <laughs> that's the that's the raw and honest answer um I, I don't have an active blog that I, I sometimes update to tumblr but really rarely. So the Poetry yeah. Club is the, the best way to, to reach us. Amazing. Thank you for that free advert. I'll pay you after, Nicole. <laughs> You're but, welcome. As you heard it, the exclusive Vera Laine only at the Poetry Club I host. Well, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this evening and I want to wish you that you will dedicate some of your time to what you love most. And maybe that could even be poetry. Until next time, take care of your poetic souls. 